What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here in a very, the most beautiful studio I've been in a while. I'm, I'm down the shore on a back deck. I'm sure you might be able to hear the propeller plane in the background flying over with some mad for, for a dive bar here in the city. I'm sitting, uh, looking at a computer screen, looking at my beautiful co-host, Matt Odell, who's, who's somewhere else in this world right now. Matt, how are we doing? What's up, freaks? I, uh, in the very near future, hopefully we'll have, well, I mean, hopefully, but we'll have plain ads that, that, that are advertising that the new hottest shit coin. No, it's not going to be the new hottest shit coin. I've actually thought about this. I've looked it up. It's only 450 to $500 for one of those ads. And this summer, by the end of, by Labor Day, I'm going to buy one of these plain ads for South Jersey. Uh, it's going to be a Bitcoin ad. So this is actually a call to action for you freaks out there. We've got to get a quick, like, I think less than 280 character quip on Bitcoin that we can put on a plane that people will see on the beaches. So... Get on Twitter. 280 character? What is it, a tweet? Less less than a tweet. Like an original tweet, like a 140 character tweet, like old school tweet. Um, I think we'd have to get it. Should it, just say, it should just say, stay humble, stacks at tftc.io. Let's make it happen. Boom. Yeah, we'll do that. There you go. If you guys want to contribute, help contribute to that ad, you can do so at tftc.io slash contribute. Speaking of which, um, let's get into the price. The price right now, according to the Trade Block XBX index, is... Eleven thousand eight hundred seventy-four dollars and three cents. Um, looking up a block right now. Uh, right now we are currently at block. The internet down here is slow. Waiting, waiting, waiting. We are currently at block five hundred eighty-three thousand eight hundred fourteen. And I don't have mempool stats right now. Actually, I do have mempool stats. I'm a mempool dot space. There's a uh, about 3,057 transactions in the mempool right now, according to mempool.space. Oh, mine says 27,000. Well, different mempools, different nodes, you know? No, I'm mempool.space. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it just went down. 2742. It keeps fluctuating. I, yeah. Well, that's a mempool. It's organic. Yeah. Um, and we're at, um, we're at 84 cents per sat. 84 sats per cent. Yeah, it's, uh, the dime bag has been getting way less than 1,000 sats per per final thought, which is uh, which has been a little disconcerting, but also comfortable, comforting knowing that the price is going up. But your pennies not going as long, uh, your dimes aren't going as far as they used to, people. How about that price, man? I this price action is pretty crazy. Yeah, we um, again we're hovering around like. 11.9 right now we got up to 14 we touched 14 i believe or not even we got close to 14 about a week ago um right when we actually we spoke like when we did the live episode we were we were crashed we crashed during the live episode down to like 11.2 so we're a little bit above where we were then yeah we we started well we started the live episode at the top right i think it was so, like yeah. 13 something yeah there you go we can't do any more live episodes. The price just dumps during them. Yeah, we can't. But before we get into everything, we got to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors here. Shout out to the Cash App. Uh, we finally have an official promo code with the Cash App. That's stacking sats, one word. Uh, if you download, if you haven't downloaded yet, if you have friends and family who haven't downloaded yet in the States, make sure you let them know. Download the Cash App. Use the code, promo code stacking sats. They will get $5, and then $5 will go to a charity called Owls Lacrosse, which I worked for in college. I volunteered for them. I was actually there when they first started in 2011, 
and they've actually had their full cycle of an eighth grader going from eighth grade all the way through college, and it's uh, it's done some incredible stuff uh, for for the kids of Chicago, uh, particularly in particular uh, neighborhoods in the West Side and South Side. Um, it's something I'm very proud to have have contributed to, and something that I'm proud to contribute to now from afar. So if you guys download the Cash App, make sure you use the Stacking Sats promo code. And then on top of that, as you freaks know, they, you can buy Bitcoin on there, the first P2P app to, to allow you, P2P payments app to allow you freaks to do that. They recently uh, allowed uh, deposits on the app. So if you have Bitcoin and you want to send it to the Cash App to sell or send to somebody on the Cash App, you can do that now as well. Go to the Google Play Store or the Apple uh, App Store and download the Cash App today. And then we get be remiss of us if we didn't give a shout out to our second sponsor, Unchained Capital. You freaks know all about them. We got the two or three multi-sig volts helping you take your financial sovereignty into your hands. Uh, Unchained will hold one of those three keys and sign for you if you are ever in a pinch and need help from them. Uh, other than that, they've open sourced their, their multi-sig solution. So if, if you don't even want to use Unchained, you can use that open source tool that they've built. Um, again, it's an incredible team. On top of the vault program, they have uh, Bitcoin collateralized loans. So if you have BTC and you don't want to sell, friends don't let their friends sell Bitcoin. You can use Unchained's loan services as well. And if you guys go to www.unchained-capital/vaults today and sign up, you're going to get three free months of Safedina Moose's uh, the Bitcoin Standard Research Bulletin. Um, so go check that out. Uh, it seems like Safe actually just put out a website too with some with some great information as well. So check that out too. That was a free ad for Safe there. Yeah, Safedina.com, right? Yes. And that then, was one uh, domain I unfortunately didn't get my hands on before yeah. you got it. I thought you would have had it, man. I thought you would have had it. <laughs> uh, and then, hey, we got two shout-outs this week, Matt, um, from, from the freaks out there. Thank you for contributing. A fellow TFTC fan and holder uh, wants to buy a version 1 BitSeed. If you have one for sale, please DM at LowBTC on Twitter. That's at LowBTC, L-O-W-B-T-C. Uh, we'll pay Bitcoin on-chain or Lightning. Again, he's looking for a version one bit seed. A uh, very good friend of the pod, a collector, and uh, is looking to add this bit seed to his collection. Um, he he was the uh, the fellow who who gifted us the the Yamazaki when uh, when we did our first live show, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that was quite delicious. That Yamazaki. It went by. It went very quickly. We we blew through that bottle, and then we have a second anonymous uh, shout out. It's not even a shout out. It's just a statement. Bitcoin has more intrinsic value than gold because generating it turns energy directly into hard money, whereas gold has limited industrial use cases, which are far removed from the <laughs> energy required to produce it. Just a good statement there from a, from a freak. Fuck Thank yes. you for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Don't know who it was from. That's all it said. Hey. we don't. It's anonymous? It's anonymous, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. We love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so on to the topics of the day. Been a busy week. It's Fourth of July here in uh, in the United States of America. Two hundred and forty-three years ago, the founding fathers signed the Declaration of Independence, telling King George to fuck off and uh, starting this country that we that we now sit in. Uh, I think we're both in uh, two of the original thirteen colonies right now. You're damn right. Oh, geez. Fact. Um, yeah, and that's what I wrote about in the Ben today, just before we get into the topics. Like, Bitcoin is a modern-day uh, revolution and a modern-day manifestation of freedom in the digital age. And, uh, again, like, Bitcoin is a revolution. And 
uh, on a day like today especially i think it's important to reflect on on what we're doing here the mission we're on and, and sort of the gravity of of this protocol and, and the effects that it'll have on the world and and humanity going forward obviously the declaration of independence had a huge impact on on the course of history and and how we've got to where we are today uh, and i would argue that january 3rd 2009 with the, the mining of the Genesis block will be looked back in retrospect hundreds of years from now as a, as a similar type of, of declaration of independence uh, from, a, from a monetary um, tyranny, from, from banking tyranny, if you will. I mean, if the founding fathers had asked the king for permission to secede, he would have, he would have said no. Like, this is, like, it's, it's, it's inherent to, to the Bitcoin movement is that, is that permission shouldn't be required. Yeah, I think that was the whole reason why they declared independence because they asked for permission to to be represented in in the king's parliament, and they said, "No, fuck off." And they're like, "All right, we will fuck off and create our own country." Um, like, I'm sure the king would wouldn't want you to do coin join either. Definitely, was not. around in his day, you wouldn't be able to tax as much. You know, there's uh, the the Boston Tea Party uh, would not have been would not have been as big of a party if there was coin joins back then, and people were able to hide the uh, the wealth <laughs> that they were trying to tax. Um, yeah, so just reflect on it, freaks. This is, uh, I mean, obviously Bitcoin, a lot of people get into it for the gains, quote unquote, uh, and, and the price action, but there's, uh, there's a lot more going on under the hood and, uh, philosophically and ideologically, this is uh, a quiet, peaceful revolution too. It's, uh, it's the other beauty, th- beautiful thing. We don't have to re- revert to, uh, a result to guerrilla warfare like our forefathers did, um, and, attack the the system head-on with violence we can do it with code and 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 moving uh our finances into the system pretty peacefully and the the other thing that's beautiful is um not only is it is it a peaceful tool and a, a peaceful revolution but it's also voluntary um you know one of the issues when we did secede um was that there was plenty of people in America at the time that didn't want to secede, but they didn't even have a choice. Like they, they, they had to get involved in everything that was going on. Um, with, with Bitcoin, you know, and then they ended up, you know, brothers fighting brothers, right? That was the whole thing. Uh, with Bitcoin, like if you don't think Bitcoin's a good idea, then, you know, ignore it. You're, you're welcome to ignore it. We think that's probably a really horrible decision on your part. Um, but you're completely welcome to ignore it while, while we do our thing. That's a very good point to be made. This is completely opt-in. This goes back to Balaji and Naval's uh, tweet threads from a couple of years ago on voice over exit, um, voice and exit. So we we have a voice now and an opportunity to exit into a new system, and that's Bitcoin. And again, if you don't like it or don't agree with the, the... implications of bitcoin you, you do not have to participate uh though if you do not participate just be aware that your life will probably be affected in some tangential way uh due to bitcoin's success or non-success yeah i mean you don't have no matter what you're participating in this broken system we have so you might as well participate in the in the fixed one yes um yeah so just on a day like today, Fourth of July, just just reflect and think about the gravity of this, and uh, the the Latin phrase that I put at the end of the bend today, um, I think is is a very, very uh, 
very important with this stuff, and it it was uh, written by I don't know if Jamin well, Jamin I don't know if Thomas Jefferson uh, was the first person to coin this Latin phrase, but uh, it's a Latin phrase none the yet none the yet, and it's uh, let me pull it up here real quick. Excuse me. It's oh wow, I haven't read Latin in so long. Malo peric periculosum libertam quam quietam servitutam. Uh, I definitely just butchered that, but when you translate it to English, it means, and a dangerous liberty seemed preferable to quiet servitude. So I would argue the, the quiet servitude of living under the current banking system uh, is something that is corrosive and it eats away at uh, most, uh, most importantly people's purchasing power and their ability to save throughout time. Uh, and, and Bitcoin, ooh, it's noon here in the city. Sorry about that. We're going to have to go through some, <laughs> some background noise here. All right. That's over. Wow. <laughs> wow. They're trying to censor us, guys. They are trying to censor us. Um, yeah, so that, that phrase in particular, I think it's important to, to think about Bitcoin is um, it's a dangerous, it's almost a dangerous liberty because we, we, are, we are confronting the state and their ability to print money and central banks and their ability to print money and Obviously, that is going to perturb some of those the people in those places uh, at some point. It already has, uh, to some extent, Brad, Brad uh, Sherman here in the States. Um, but it's not going to be an easy ride, but it, it is worthwhile. It is, it is preferable to the quiet servitude of living under this oppressive, uh, tyrannical banking system. Be a citizen, not a subject. Fact. All right, let's get on to the topics. That was our, that was our freedom spiel. 15 minutes of uh, shooting the shit and talking about freedom and, and shout-outs and ads. There's some ads thrown in there, too. Um, let's start with the Sats app. It was announced yesterday by Casa. So Casa, the company that's making, uh, has the multi-sig solutions. They have a node, a personal node for you. They announced uh, the Sats app node yesterday. This is an app that you can use to connect with your Casa node. And they're working on something called Sats, Sats tags as well. Um, and these will be sort of readable human readable addresses that you'll be able to send bitcoin to within the within the sats app uh trying to make the ux around uh address creation and and invoicing a little better for for bitcoiners for casa users particularly matt thoughts so marty i'm really i'm really conflicted man right now um i this app is very cool i'm glad they released it um basically you know they have they have their multi-sig, um, and then they have the node, and there's there was no way to interact with with your node mobily, like on a phone, and they 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 didn't want to integrate, which makes sense to me. They didn't want to integrate it into their multi-sig app. They wanted to keep it separate. So they came out with a new app that allows you to easily connect to your Casa node through Tor. Um, it's it seems like it's it's very easy to use. Nice nice UX. Uh, so very happy about that, that we need more of that. Also, you can, because it goes through Tor, you can just connect to it from anywhere. You don't have to be like on the local network. So it makes, you know, accessing the lightning network, uh, with your own full node in like spendable environments. Like, uh, what we saw at Bitcoin 2019 conference where they had the, the open node, uh, arcade machines. Like if you're in that situation with the SATS app, you'll be able to easily pay for the arcade, you know, no matter where you are through your own full node. Um, I also like uh, 
I, I, I like the push towards sats being the standard, right? We've been pushing for that here at, at, uh, at, at TFTC for a while now, and I, I want to see more and more apps uh, go with sats as the standard. Um, the, my main issue is with this announcement is I'm getting sick and tired of companies using Bitcoin terms as their as the name of their products you know it's like someone's gonna i'm like gonna be talking to a noob and they're gonna be talking about how they they sent sats from the sats app or to the lightning app to to the blockchain app like fuck are you fucking kidding me (laughs) it's so confusing man it's like it's ridiculous no we touched on this a couple weeks ago when lightning labs released their lightning app it is it does it is cause for some confusion or could be cause for some confusion and something that should be considered when making products. That's something why I try to stay away from like crypto and Bitcoin and, and, and stuff with uh, like when I was making Marty's Bent and Tales from the Crypt, just trying to not make it overtly uh, tied to Bitcoin and hopefully to to help avoid some confusion. Yeah, exactly. I, I like look at Zap. Right, he called it Zap. It like it has an an illusion towards you know an insinuation towards lightning. Lightning makes zaps, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a different name. It's got everyone knows exactly what it is. You Google it, you know exactly what it is. We're talking about it. We know exactly what it is. He didn't have to call it, you know, the Lightning app, uh, or you know the Sats app. Like that that kind of bothers me. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I just want to see less companies doing that. I was I was thinking. You know, how many moons does Jupiter have? I think it's has or something like, like that. Maybe 12. Well, how many? Maybe 12, 12 moons. They're, those are like great. Those are great product names. <laughs> they, have the, they have the allusion to the moon. We're going to the moon. But we're not even going to our moon. We're going to Jupiter's moons. And there's so many of them. And they have like crazy names. Use that. Yeah, there are some good uh, Jupiter moon. I'm pulling up Jupiter moon names right now. Um <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I, so, yeah, I want to see more of that. Um, you know, I didn't really, the sats tag, right, is like, it's like a, it's like a cash, it's, it's they, instead of the cash app, it's the sats app. And instead of the cash tag, it's the sats tag. And, you know, I guess it works. So, it, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But uh, it's, uh-huh. it's always exciting <laughs> to see new ways to use your full node easily as like an everyday person you don't need you know the setup is minimal you plug it in it runs you connect it with your phone you're good to go yeah let us be clear that uh our only consternation is with the naming of the product it seems like a very very good product and one that will help push ux and usability of bitcoin forward which we very much appreciate and hats off to the casa team for for getting this out there to their users um they've been working hard i know they're pumped to release this so um it, it is a useful app, n- n- despite the name. Um, and I was way off. There are 79 moons on Jupiter. Look at that. Look how many startups you have. Like, that's great. Europa. Products. IO. Callisto. Callisto is a good one. Um, Callisto would be a great name for a lightning app. Or, or Europa would be good, too. Hey. This isn't the first time we've given out free business ideas here on TFTC, so <laughs> we're going to wake up in a couple of months. There's going to be a Callisto Ka- app uh, on the Lightning Network. <laughs> you heard it here first. 
Um, so yeah, again, shout out to the Casa team for launching that, um, pushing UX forward. Great to see it again. There's we love everybody building on Bitcoin. We talk about not a lot. We talk about Casa. We talk about Unchained. They're incredible companies working on different parts of the stack. Some of them overlapping and. Anybody working on this stuff, pushing it forward, you got to tip their cap to them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I also, I really like the idea of usernames, right? Pay to usernames, like the SATS tag. Like that is, um, you know, everyone, one of the biggest uh, pre-coiner complaints is, is that, you know, no one's going to be able to use the address formats. Um, you know, it needs to be like email or something like that. So like th- that can be, that can be solved through like centralized and semi-centralized uh methods with usernames and whatnot yes no um no it's a great and i hope we see more of that because yeah showing normies a a a regular public case is never uh never uh, an easy task and it's it's always usually pretty daunting for them um oh yes so if any of you freaks have a casa node download the sats app link it to your casa node and then let us know like your thoughts on it because uh neither of us have one to test it out on so let us know yeah um please let us know and then you put this in there 300 tickets already sold for bitcoin 2020 next year um, how boss was it that they offered them for twenty dollars and twenty cents yeah and all those tickets were sold for bitcoin through lightning or on chain that's pretty that you know no one uses bitcoin well there's at least 300 people that just did yeah exactly noriel nobody uses bitcoin nobody buys anything with bitcoin there's 300 people at least buying tickets to this one conference and yeah so it's 20 dollars 20 cents uh pay via bitcoin when we were talking to the conference organizers we're like yo you might want to keep this price at this you might want to keep this price point while bitcoin's at this price level because as we get closer to the happening the time of uh the, the conference, the, the Bitcoin earned may be worth far more uh, than a regular ticket sold uh, for U.S. dollars. Yeah, I think I think they're hodling it. But uh, they did uh, bad news. They did announce with the 300 sold that they they are no longer offering that deal. Damn. Uh, it's now one hundred dollars. Hey, well, you missed out, freaks. <laughs> still great. Con- still, we tweeted about it. Still a fucking deal. One hundred dollars for a conference is not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is those first 300 tickets, they don't even have the date yet or the venue. They right. just, they're like March next year. And, and people, you know, this, this first conference was great. America has needed like a major big Bitcoin conference, I think, for a while. All the existing ones, like the North American Bitcoin Conference in Miami, Consensus and whatnot, um, you know, they just haven't cut it. Magical Crypto was, was supposedly pretty good, but it's still called Magical Crypto in the name of the title. So it kind of disqualifies it, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, yeah, so check that out. Tickets have been bumped up to 100, 100 bucks. Um, so it was a, we had a great time. I believe we'll be doing another live show there next year. At least that's what we, we are uh, toying with right now. It was a lot of fun. If you guys can make it out to wherever the conference is next year. Highly recommended. Um, next topic, LND version 0.7 was released, and this release was a pretty big one. Comes with watchtowers, reliable payment tracking, better fee control with CPFP, smart routing, smarter routing, excuse me, and improved performance uh, and more. Um, so this is uh, watchtowers are, are officially uh, in the LND version 0.7 beta. Um, reliable tracking is a thing now, and, and this is 
just another example of slowly but surely fleshing out the Lightning Network, building um, uh, utility and tools that make it more user-friendly, and this is a, a big step forward for the Lightning Network in particular. Any thoughts, Matt? Yeah, this is big news. Yeah, this is big news. Uh, yeah, they just keep stepping forward. I, I, I think the Watchtowers is a really big deal. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just good to see. I mean, I haven't tested it out yet myself. Yeah, Watchtowers, um, we haven't tested it out. But were you at BitDevs when Will Byrne? Uh, yeah, that was it? awesome. That yeah. was awesome. So we'll give us a nice demo. And, and Watchtowers, they might just serve as, like, in the future, just people are just disincentivized to even try to uh, maliciously steal the other end of a channel because they they know there's potential of a watchtower watching that and they'll get their money stolen. So it's almost like, hey, like in a bodega, I think we said this a couple of weeks ago. It's like the, the sign at the bodega that says, "Hey, you're being watched. Smile. You're on camera." Um, so it yeah, it's like much, a herd immunity. Yes, like it, they won't try because if they do get caught, then they lose everything. They end up losing money. So the key is to make the punishment. Um, so severe that you know even if they get away with it like one or two times the third time just makes them lose you know more money than they that they made exactly um so shout out to the l and d team for for pushing that out um yeah i've been using lightning more more and more every week i've been giving a lot of uh, dime bag demos to people to show them how microtransactions can work with bitcoin um you know, the, the child pays for parent support is really useful, too. Uh, now that I'm looking at the change log. I, uh, is that for channel opening? I, I, I really like, yeah, I assume so. Or, and channel closing, yeah. I imagine. Um, but it, that's, that's pretty great because, because then you can really, I really like um, the UX, the, the flow of child pays for parent as opposed to, like, replaced by fee. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you don't really have to you don't have to do anything ahead of time. You're just trying to pay the lowest fee, and if you need to if you need to bump it in the future, you just send another transaction that bumps it. Yeah. Uh, like Samurai has had that integrated for a while, and it's really clean. I remember I used it uh, during the last fee crisis. It was super useful. Yeah. No. It's. Um, can we go into the intricacies of the difference between replaced by fee and um, child pays for payment? Well, I mean, I think the, the the big difference from a user perspective is that uh, for a replace-by-fee transaction, you have to signal it as a replace-by-fee transaction before you do it. Yep. Um, and, yeah. So, like, if, if you didn't do it ahead of time, like, you're out of luck. But with, with child pay, because most people don't realize that they need the feature until they have a transaction that's stuck for a week. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, at that point, you're kind of too, it's kind of too late. If you haven't already done it yeah you'd have to construct a transaction with uh with re- replaced by fee as like a sort of a, a a base case which isn't which isn't uh the way normal most users are, are constructing transactions right now so right and i don't think there's there's much wallet support for it mm, because i i the only one i know is electrum that yeah. signals for rbf when you send and you have to it's you have to check the option yeah you have to toggle it so yeah child child uh child pays for parent is um is you basically construct a whole new transaction that says hey i'm gonna replace this transaction with a higher fee please ignore that and use this one well well with rbf you're like actually replacing 
the transaction, but you're still paying both fees. With child pays your parent, my understanding is, it's like you're sending another transaction. Yes. That's like the unconfirmed change of the previous transaction. So it's connected still. Yeah. So then they get confirmed together. That's my understanding, at least. I might, I might be completely wrong on that. I could be too. But it's, uh, it's, it's good that uh, L&D is implemented. And if you are opening and closing channels with, uh, with other people uh, and you happen to send a low fee at first, this is now an option for you to, to uh, expedite the opening or closing of those channels. And then and uh, the routing and they, they said that it's smarter routing. I don't know what that means, but that's one of the things that uh, that Keita Miner said on our last podcast, our conversation with the Nautil guys. He said that's really important. So that's really good to see, too. Yeah. If you have. OK, shall we go to Zap? Yeah, I was going to say, but if you haven't checked out that Nautil episode, go check it out. Uh, Michael and Asquedo are two very good friends. We had a great conversation. And yeah, we talked about network routing. Um, at one point in depth and, and lightning network routing definitely needs as a topography definitely needs a lot of uh, a lot of help and a lot of a lot of a lot more eyes if you will but yes let's move on to zap desktop uh, version 0.5 was released this week jack tweeted out i believe yesterday or the day before um and so this comes with a bunch of new upgrades as well um so it's where are they on mainnet now? Yeah, so they're fully supporting well, mainnet. The, Go ahead. Yeah, that's the big one. The big one is like they they're fully mainnet supported uh, Neutrino Light Wallet now, um, similar to Lightning's desktop uh, wallet for a little bit now, right? Yeah. So they're, they're officially on mainnet now, uh, which is a big step. And and Zap is like we were talking about them earlier. Another another team that's that's creating great ux i use i use the zap app on my phone every day um to see what's going on with our tf but that's yeah that's with our own node yes uh which connect so it connects remotely to the node but right this now lets you like i think i so i tested it out um i i te- I, I just tested out the the new version um like 20 minutes ago and it literally it syncs within uh, like a minute and a half, two minutes, it sinks. Uh, it defaults to BEC32 now. You deposit into it. Um, you can change that in the settings. Um, and and then you're good to go. I like that they don't have they don't default to autopilot, which I think is still like premature to use autopilot. It does more harm than good. Um, and so you just, you just open it, and then you can make your own channels. You can open a channel with us. You can open a channel with Pierre. And it defaults to private channels. Um, so... I, I think it's so this is like so the key thing here though is you're not running your own node right so you're using neutrino and there's a big trade-off there it's always it's always more private and uh you know you, you can verify your own transactions if you go through your own node yeah no it's again incredible sort of push forward and on top of this uh the mainnet neutrino stuff they have channel backups uh They've changed their preferences and improved channel management as well. Um, and this uh, is actually, I'm actually happy yeah, you mentioned like private channels because that was something that was going on on Twitter earlier this week. A lot of meth heads were, were calling out the Lightning Network for incre- or, excuse me, decreased capacity. Um, but uh, it is important to note that that decreasing uh, observable capacity could be because people are moving their channels to private channels instead of public channels. 
Yeah, and anyone who's loading up the Lightning Labs wallet or loading up Zap now, um, the Light wallets, like they're not show, their nodes don't show up publicly. They don't publicly broadcast. Their channels don't publicly broadcast. And that's how the majority of people that are like non-routing nodes are going to interact with this network. Is is that you either run you run your own node, um, or you do a Light client, and then you just connect with the one or two private channels out to like a, a bigger routing node, and then you settle out the balance uh, with something like loop out, you know, so, so then you have inbound capacity, you have outbound capacity, and you're basically, you become like a fringe, a fringe user, like on the, on the outside of the mesh. Um, yeah, so, so, so don't use capacity as a metric. Don't, you know, get sold off on that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's more intricate and more nuanced than, than just looking at pure capacity. You have to take into consideration which channels are private and which are public. And it's becoming a lot easier for and for channels to be natively private. And then there's a lot of services that are that are popping up that are that are going private first as a as a sort of product uh, ethos. Uh, as for the new Zap features, um, the, yeah, they made the interface way nicer. You can choose like your Block Explorer and stuff like that, which is really cool. I mean, we already like Zap. Zap's our favorite app to interact uh, with our nodes. Um, but, uh, the, the channel backup feature is, is, is strictly for if you create a, a light wallet, right? So, um, when you set it up, they give you your seed words, then they verify your seed words. You know, you, you enter three seed words to verify. And then, uh, the last step is you choose a backup location that's encrypted by your password. So you can either store that, um, you can either store that in the cloud or you can store that locally and it just automatically does it for you. Which I, you know, it's really fantastic uh, uh, to way to handle the backups, like pretty seamless for the user. Yeah, again, shout out to to Zap, pushing the UX and usability of Bitcoin and the Lightning Network forward. Again, slowly but surely, freaks. We're ten, we're a little ten and a half years into this revolution. Uh, a lot of people like to shit on Bitcoin and Lightning Network for their their UX, their current state of the the user experience of the protocols, but. Again, this is these are networks and protocols. Excuse me, just burped. That we uh, expect to be around for centuries, if not millennia, uh, and to expect all this to be fleshed out within the first decade is just asinine, in my opinion. Um, so, as we see, steady progress is being made, and it's encouraging. Next up, we got Cold Card. They just upgraded their firmware. Uh, big upgrade for them uh, now supports uh, creating seed words with um, by rolling dice. So you can roll six die uh, to create entropy for your seed phrases, um, which is really cool and really sort of uh, drives home the 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 point of being a sovereign individual and really taking your your financial freedom into your own hands and and making sure that you are not getting screwed at any point of the supply chain or. Uh, from some random entropy creating device right so the the worry is 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 like you you create a seed on a trezor or a ledger or a cold card and the source of of randomness isn't doesn't have proper entropy so it's not actually truly random um uh, or it's not random enough i don't know if anything could ever be truly random um so so if you use dice you can basically generate the randomness yourself. Now, a lot of, you know, using dice to create uh, private keys is not a new a new thing. 
Um, but a lot of times what they what it's a complicated process usually and you um, usually have to use like a special dice, you know, like a, a bigger a, 20 sided uh, more die fate or numbers like on it. Yeah. So this uses like a standard six sided dice, just like whatever you find in like your Yahtzee board or something, um, which is awesome. Everyone has like way too many six sided dice to begin with. The second thing is it all goes through the cold card. So it's like really easy, presumably to use. I haven't tested it out yet. I plan to this weekend. Um, today is, is, is purely for celebration with friends and family and RHR. Um, but uh, the third thing that's really cool about this is so using six sided dice, it takes a while to get the entropy you need. So what cold card does is you could either do it all yourself, like very long process or you can have cold card create their seed just like they normally create it. And then you can add dice entropy on top of it, which I think is a really cool UX way of doing it. So like a 25th word phrase via roll dice or excuse me, dice rolling. No, they literally added into the entropy of the, of the whole seed phrase. Uh, so the seed phrase changes as you add new dice rolls into it. Uh, which and then you can add a passphrase of your choosing on top, of course, as well. So that's pretty fucking awesome, I think. That's fascinating as hell. And I actually just picked up, uh, just ordered a few cold cards myself. I think we're going to be uh, experimenting and doing demos with them um, in the future. So look out for that on the site. I'm very excited to get my hands on them and start uh, start uh, experimenting with them, especially because now with this update as well, they they uh, have wasabi. Like with their Wasabi uh, support, they removed extra info from a skeleton file. They changed to XFP Endian and added version fields. So they're they're just making their Wasabi uh, integration uh, easier and more useful. Um, so for me, I mean, we we've been talking a lot about hardware devices and and what you can trust and what you can't. And I I don't want to jinx Cold Card, but it seems like they they've got the the security and and the security first principle down pat and and something that that i'm going to be uh using more in the future i believe yeah i mean i really like the idea of as like a as a as a simple pretty cold storage with privacy um and sovereignty mixed in setup being cold card plus wasabi plus full node Right. And uh, the new Wasabi update is that they're going to release soon has a UX change there where it lets you know, uh, based on the color of your connection on the bottom, um, whether or not you don't have Tor on, which is hard to turn off Tor. You have to like go into the developer settings or whatever. Don't do that. Um, if you're in SPV mode where you're, you're fetching filters from the Wasabi server or if you're running through your own full node. So it'll be super easy to just run your full node, connect it to Wasabi, connect it to Cold Card, and uh, that's a, I, I think that could be a really good solution for a lot of people. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Rodolfo and team for pushing that out and, and continuing to, to make the Cold Card pretty fucking badass. Who? Um, I couldn't tell if this, like, this is real. So this is real. This is from the financialservices.house.gov file. So the U.S. House of Reps Committee... Uh, of financial services as Facebook <laughs> to to put a moratorium on on the uh, the launch of Libra Calibra um, whatever it is whatever they are um, so it seems no like Li- Libra it's called Libra the the wallet is Calibra yes 
Um, so Maxine Waters came out and asked Zuck, like, uh, yeah, don't don't do this. You're, you're and it's crazy because I thought I couldn't tell if the letter was real or not because it's it almost read like satire because they were basically just explaining how Bitcoin can attack the uh, the state's power of money, but focusing their ire on on Facebook and Libra. Um, so yeah, the state, yeah. the U.S. Uh, at least the Financial Services Committee seems to be scared of Libra. They think it would compete and under compete with and under potentially undermine the dollar in the long run. Uh, so they came out and admitted that in in a letter to Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I mean, I, companies can't just be their own central bank. Like this is why Bitcoin exists, right? So what do you think? Do you think they? Uh, do you think Facebook um, fights back? Do you think they tell the government to fuck off, or do you think they they bend the knee? You know, I don't, I, I mean, I, the freaks know how I feel. I, even before this, I was saying that they weren't going to let them launch. Um, we had a long conversation I mean, I, with I, this, the, uh, the, the yeah. day after the Bitcoin 2019 conf- conference with, uh, with somebody who was a Libra bull. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Facebook was already, is already a huge target without this, this mess. Um, you know, there's multiple presidential candidates calling to break them up. So, uh, who, who knows? I, I, I don't think I, the only way Facebook's able to get away with this is if they give, uh, the U S government like a shit ton of power over the system, um, in, in terms of both surveillance and control of, of the mon- some of the monetary elements. Uh, and, and so if that's the case, then you know, it just further solidifies that Libra doesn't compete with Bitcoin, right? Yeah, no, exactly. That's it's funny that they decided to come after Libra, but if, I mean, other than Brad Sherman again, nobody's really, and that's the beauty of Bitcoin. Maybe they nobody has done it yet because they literally can't. Like nobody has sent a letter to anybody telling them to stop using or running Bitcoin. And again, this is the get driving home the value prop of Bitcoin. There's nobody that this financial services committee could send a letter to to shut down Bitcoin. It is a hydra that cannot be killed. Right. I mean, they can't shut it down with just a letter. They would have to do more than that. Exactly. Letters are easy to write, right? So Very easy to write. Uh, finding and bombing mining servers is not as easy or as palatable. Uh, two more topics here. Or th- four more topics here. And then we'll wrap up and get on with our 4th of July. Cloudflare went down uh, due to a faulty upgrade. I believe they pushed an upgrade and, and there was something that uh, basically burned out their CPU power, their CPU uh, caching or something like that. And it took down, I don't know the exact number of websites, but it took down a good portion of the internet that are the websites that are using Cloudflare for anti-DDoS attack um, safety. Uh, so this was a big wake-up call for the people using the internet. Like, wow, a lot of companies depend on this one centralized service. So let's explain how Cloudflare works. Cloudflare's business model is they, um, so sites, one of the most common ways to attack a site is a DDoS attack. Um, we've seen DDoS attacks happen all the time. Basically, they you like take over a bunch of computers or a bunch of devices um, and you have them all hit a website at the same time. 
I, I think like Aaron Schwartz also had like ways to protest using DDoS attacks where like people would like install a, an app on their computer and it would just automatic they would voluntarily do it and it would automatically take part in the DDoS. So basically just keep hitting a server until until it goes down or it just is unreachable. Um, and this is also why like CAPTCHAs exist, right? Like where are you a human? Prove you're a robot. So what Cloudflare does is it sits in between the user and the site. So when you, when you go to the site and you hit the site, the first thing you hit is one of Cloudflare's servers. Then Cloudflare is, is making an educated guess on whether or not that you're a bot attacking or if you're a, if you're a real person. They might give you a capture, they might not, and then they send you on to the existing service. Um, and one of the issues is, is that Cloudflare is on so many sites, especially like in the Bitcoin space, Bitcoin exchanges, stuff like that, um, because, because they, they, there's massive economies of scale in their business. Because the more customers they have, the more servers they're able to afford around the world, the more, the more servers that they can bounce things off of gives them massive economies of scale. And, and Cloudflare really got ahead of this in, in like, like the 2012, 2013, 2014 era. I remember people getting angry in the Bitcoin community about people using Cloudflare then. And, and it was because Cloudflare offered a free product that like scaled, it was a freemium they, they, that scaled in. And they basically you know, locked all these people, got all these people in, and now they're just so massive that it's, that it's really hard for upstart competitors to, uh, to, to join the market. What, uh, what are their, their largest competitors out there? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but, but like pretty much every, I think all the Bitcoin exchanges use Cloudflare. Uh, and, and the other issue is like from a privacy perspective is that they're sitting in between all these users and and uh, the the websites in question, so they can see you know who's coming and going on the on these websites. It's a, it's a major privacy privacy concern. Is there a, like how do we solve this problem? Like, is there other than CAPTCHA or like the alternatives to DDoS attack protection? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not an easy problem to solve. I'm sure people are working on it. What if you had to pay Sats uh, to access a website? <laughs> I think that would. I mean, yeah, I mean, th- people have proposed that. That's an you know, that's an idea. It's like a it's like a paywall capture, yeah. or like a lot of people proposed for a while. They were saying, you know, you do like a proof of work capture, so like costs money to do that. You know, this is like Let's bring this back is cash why cash. Bitcoin transaction fees exist, right? Because if it was if it was free to send a Bitcoin transaction, like when we had the spam attacks. The spam attacks on Bitcoin were basically DDoSs. They were just denial of servicing. If if you have, if you have, uh, if the transactions are cheap enough, then it costs you nothing to just flood the network with transactions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a problem that doesn't seem to be uh, very well solved, and it. Uh, doesn't seem like it's going to go away. Uh, we, we're very dependent on Cloudflare, as we found out this week. Um, so yeah, just be aware. Be aware of what services are using it. I believe uh, on some exchanges, the price of Bitcoin was showing like the, some indexes were showing like six dollar Bitcoin just because they couldn't access the uh, exchange API data. Um, so that's just like another attack vector, social attack vector, if you will. Well, it's, 
part technical, part social, where somebody could use Cloudflare to to socially uh, <laughs> attack the masses into thinking that something's happened to Bitcoin when it when it hasn't. I, I mean, it should be mentioned as as Pomp made sure to mention on Twitter uh, that that Bitcoin didn't go down. That if you were running your own node and your own wallet was connected to your node, um, you could <laughs> participate in the Bitcoin network just as you would have otherwise. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, thank you for Pomp for always pointing out when uh, when Bitcoin <laughs> survives and when other things go down. Bitcoin never shuts down. And, no, no, Bitcoin does sometimes. It has in the past, but very, very negligible amount. Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the time it'll be up. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't, there's a website, what is it, Bitcoin Uptime. I feel like you shouldn't say never, though, because, like, it literally has... It has been down. It's true. It's um, true. March 2013. Like what, in 2011, 2013. Uh, yeah. Those are the last two times, right? Yeah. There was yeah, a... 2010 and 2013. Yeah. Bitcoin has been up for 99.9839363444% yes. of the time. Yeah, and I believe... If that's what we should be saying. I believe July 2010 was uh, a Coinbase reward bug where there was like an 8 billion Bitcoin... Coinbase reward, but it was forked out within 100 blocks before the Coinbase was given to the miner, uh, or the Coinbase, the miner was allowed to touch the Coinbase transaction, and then March 2013 was a consensus bug, right, that forced the hard yeah. fork. Um, yeah, so be aware. Luckily, both of those were early, but yeah. But so just don't say never, but it's it's pretty much always up, and if you, if you when you're comparing it to the banks, it's particularly... Uh, brutal because the banks are like they're closed today in america the stock market's closed today they they close every weekend you know so they just can't even compete like even if you know we have a couple hours here or there where bitcoin is down they they're not even close true um yeah so be aware be aware this is a be aware segment of of this episode uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh next hong kong hong kong they were back in the streets they took over uh, the legislator, the, the protesters broke into the legislator building. They put up a British colonial flag and graffitied the, legis- the legislative building. Um, so it th- seems like things there are, are heating up. And Kyle Bass this morning was tweeting about um, uh, the Hong Kong dollar peg uh, sort of disconnecting from the its peg with the U.S. dollar. So it seems like in Hong Kong in particular, things are getting tumultuous. The more, like... Uh, I'd like to focus on the protest and the taking over the legislator right now. That's like a huge fuck you to mainland China. And it'll be very, very interesting to see how uh, Xi and company responds to, to this overt uh, middle finger to to the Chinese regime. Did the, didn't the, the HKD peg it went up, though, in value, right? Uh, yeah, I, th- I got to look at the chart. Um, like why that I don't understand what's going on. Um, I cannot speak to exactly what's going on either. Let me see. But like, what's Kyle? What's Kyle's point there? Let me see. He's saying it goes up first and then it falls. Is that what he's saying? Seems yeah, it's like coming on. I would imagine only up and then it. I imagine maybe there's a demand right now. People are are storing their 
Hong Kong dollars in, in, in treasuries denominated in that currency, and maybe they're dop- dumping those treasuries for Hong Kong dollars, which is pushing the price up. This is complete speculation. I have no idea, but that that's uh, that may be something that, that forces the appreciation of that. And then, yes, maybe it's a, it's a step into getting out of Hong Kong is selling those treasuries, which forces the currency up. And the next step is getting that currency into a sounder vehicle, maybe Bitcoin, maybe gold, maybe the U.S. dollar. Right. That, um, that would make yeah, sense I mean, to me. But again, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, let me, I do not know that to be a fact at all. I'm just speculating. Right, right, right. I mean, I think everyone's speculating, including Kyle, but uh, he's the expert. So I was trying to read into what he was saying, and it was, it was a little bit difficult. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, two things I would touch on about Hong Kong is that uh, one was while the latest protests were broken up, like me and thousands of other people on Twitter were like able to watch live streams that from was, people's. That was so cool. Thanks for sharing that link, dude. How crazy is that? Like, all it takes is, like, you have a phone and you have an internet connection and people, like, across the world can view it live. And, like, we're not going through, like, CNN or anything. Like, that's fucking crazy. They don't have, like, a huge setup or anything. They just have a phone. Yeah. That's the beauty of the, the digital age, the information age. Like, this was talked about in The Sovereign Individual. Like, individuals are going to be the journalists and the newscasters of the future. And all you have, we have these supercomputers in our pockets that can can send information globally around the world and you can turn that little HD camera on and, and provide news, provide uh, actual data and information to, to other human beings. You don't need the gatekeepers anymore, which is crazy. Yeah. It's that, that like blew my, sometimes like the little, it's like the little things that like uh, you just, you kind of take it for granted. And then while you're taking it for granted, you're like, what the fuck? Well, like, that's, that's right. Crazy. That's how I first got hooked, hooked on the Twitter was during uh, like 2011, 2012, when things were popping off with Syria and ISIS. Like that's when I realized the value of Twitter and, and the, the uh, individual uh, journalist on the ground. That's sort of being able to follow locals uh, and get their, their perspective on things that were happening was, was very eye opening for me. Yeah, I, and I remember Reddit too. Like they have a Syrian uh, civil war there. Uh, Reddit, uh, whatever, whatever Reddit section is called. Um, yeah, that was. Pretty, and also, uh, I remember when Bin Laden got assassinated. The first report was like from some random Pakistani guy tweeting it out. Yeah, and Gaddafi, Gaddafi too. When he got assassinated, I'm pretty sure that was live streamed as well. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, we're entering a new era here, man. Like. We've never, this has never been possible before, so it should be interesting. The implications are, are vast, freaks. Just the implications are, are vast. Be aware. Another addition to the be aware topic. And then the, the other thing I'd like to touch on about Hong Kong, just again, is like imagine how, I mean, imagine how freaked out you would be if you own like a $60 million building in Hong Kong or like a hundred million, like if like 90% of your net worth is like wrapped up in, in Hong Kong real estate, there's like all these Hong Kong families. That's crazy. Like they must be freaking out. Yeah. I mean, for good reason too. Like it, again, that's why I'm very, very, very interested to see how China reacts to this. I don't think they're going to react lightly. Um, it would be it would be astonishing if they if they're like, hey, you guys obviously want your autonomy here is. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen. And I, I'm a, uh, and I feel like an asshole sitting here like at the beach like talking about the strife of the Hong Kong people. But I feel 
I feel I'm wa- I worry for them. I feel that China's going to come down with an iron fist. Um, yeah, I mean, we stand with them. Uh, and all the power to them. They're fucking... They're, they're impressive. Very well, very impressive. impressive. Very well organized protesters. And you can tell they they feel the need to fight for their rights, to fight for their freedom, to fight for their autonomy. And it is uh, inspiring nonetheless. Or, excuse me, inspiring if nothing else. That's what I meant to say. Um, and then staying on China, Chinese border guards are putting spyware uh, in one province in particular, the Xinjiang border um border guards are putting spyware on tourist phones matt i'm sure this makes you pumped i'm sure you're excited about this yeah i mean uh so i I guess it was like a it was a triple report to the guardian new york times and someone else um uh, this is a province it's on uh i don't know how to pronounce it i think you did a pretty good job um it's on like the it's on. It's a border. It's a border province, and it's right next to Tibet. Um, I think they've been cracking down there pretty hard to begin with. So now anyone who enters in or out from there gets their their full phone gets downloaded. Everything that gets on it, you have to unlock it and hand it to uh, the border the border guards, and then they install the spyware. They download everything, and uh, then they give you back the phone. Um, yeah. So, what is your advice to uh, Westerners traveling to China? Oh, well, I mean, I would never go to China. Um, that is a rule that I've, I, I'm, I'm really upset about it because I really want to go to China and feel like I missed my, you know, we're, we also, we fucked up because we're like public facing Bitcoin figures. So I feel like public facing Bitcoin figures definitely shouldn't go to China. Um, but anyway, if you're, if you're traveling in general, I think this is going to become more common. Um, we've seen the British do it. Uh, we've seen Americans do it. We, I think we talked about this um, on the on the, the last podcast with the Nautil guys. Um, is that basically they can you have you have no legal rights when you go through these borders. Uh, they can put you in a room for like fourteen hours to, until you decrypt your drives. Um, so you should go through with the bare minimum at all times. Just every time you travel, just assume that just. Everything that you have with you is just going to be searched and gone through and maybe taken from you. Uh, uh, you know, get a travel phone. Don't keep anything on the travel phone. Like wipe your computers before you travel with them. You know, if you want, if you need to back them up and then restore them when you get home, like stuff like that, just be encrypt everything. But like they, they can encryption, you know, only helps so much if they throw you in a room and they say decrypt it. What are you going to say? Like, oh, well, I encrypted it, but then I forgot it. Look, really? Like they don't, you, they know you're full of shit. I have six concussions. I have no idea. I forgot. It just <laughs> slipped my mind. You know. Hey. Yeah, it's not plausible great. deniability. I think this is gonna happen more and more. Yeah. No. Again. Again. And like we touched on at the beginning of the episode, this is stuff that needs to be fought for. It's, it is a revolution, and um, Bitcoin uh, probably plays hand in hand with the data revolution of self-sovereign data and and keeping your data out of the hands of grubby politicians and corporations and obviously they want that data and they're they're forcefully taking it from people at borders now um so again huge be aware episode be aware it's happening travel safe yeah i mean wait wait till like once like bitcoin gets bigger too they're gonna there's even more incentive for them to play these games um 
play these games at borders because they don't know they they don't know if you're traveling with money or not. So even if you're not, even if you're being honest, it's gonna it's gonna get. I I think I love traveling personally, um, and I've 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 been blessed to be in a good financial position at a young age. Uh, so I am trying to travel as much as possible right now, just in general, not even. Not even Bitcoiners related. I think I think right now we're probably in like the 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 peak of of travel convenience. Like we can go as Americans, we can go to Europe, just go all around in Europe. Europe Europeans can go pretty much anywhere. They can go all around in Europe. Uh, like travel is super easy, and you just got to take advantage of it right now because I think it's going to get way more difficult. And then we'll be taking like airships from our citadels between our citadels and shit like that. Well, I hope you're wrong. For the sake of our society. <laughs> me too, me too. But, hey, uh, if if current trends are pointing towards an outcome, it seems to be the one that you just described. Uh, but again, we got to fight back. Speak up. Freaks, speak up. Stand up. Fight for your rights, right? You got you to, gotta, like, the, the quote at the end of the book, like, quiet servitude. That's that's what we're we're slipping into. You got you to gotta fight for your right to to be a free human in in today's day and age especially in the digital age where it's considerably a lot easier considerably easier i can't speak today considerably easier for for nefarious actors to to sort of control you uh and your data and your and your travel and your being and your financial being and yada 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 yeah i mean if you don't care about your privacy about your sovereignty like your rights like nobody else is gonna like care about it for you um, last topic, we're over an hour, we'll end it on this. Financial Times coming out and officially labeling or asking the question, prompting the question, is Bitcoin acting as a safe haven asset in this current geopolitical macro environment? And I've been writing about this for months now. I think, yes, it is. And it's crazy to see the Financial Times even uh, even uh, appeasing this this narrative. I mean, you can see me over here. I'm all smiles. Uh this is, is, is my favorite narrative. It's, it's the overarching Bitcoin narrative. Uh, I think ultimately it will be a safe haven. Um, and I think we could meme it into safe haven status quicker. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's pretty much still a risk asset. But right now it's not behaving like one in this macro landscape. And I think part of the reason is because we fell so hard, which was really nice. It exhausted all the sellers. So if we're in a situation here where we're like leading into the halving and and we have all this other adoption price pressure pushing us up at the same time as this macro landscape unfolds, then we're basically like the the safe haven narrative becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Well, and let's not just... Uh denigrate bitcoin as a safe haven it's just a narrative it is a good safe haven like it is a good place to save and store your capital from people who are trying to take it from you like it is the definition of a safe haven it is a haven from a system that is continuously taking your money from you and taxing you and and confiscating your goods it is a haven from that system oh no yeah absolutely i mean like look if you're in hong kong like I'd rather have Bitcoin than than real estate in Hong Kong. You're in Venezuela. You know, you're in Iran. All these different places, um, and and I just um, 
like when does like when does Bitcoin supplant the U.S. dollar or you know uh, gold as like the world's safe haven asset? Uh, you know, we're we're it's ahead of the game right now. Right now, it's mostly adoption speculation, right? Because it's so early, um, and the price is is so low compared to what it could be in the future. Is is that we're gonna have these these volatile adoption cycles? But yeah, like from from a from a natural um, the natural essence of Bitcoin is is that it is a safe haven. It's hard to confiscate. It's hard to block. It's hard to seize. It's really really almost impossible to inflate it, and um, yeah, that's that's beautiful. It's it is it is definitely a safe haven. But if Financial Times starts posting about it more being a safe haven, then uh, I think people will start believing it sooner, and that'll be fucking beautiful. Yes. So shout out to the good people at the Financial Times: Francis Coppola, Isabella Kaminsky, uh, Jamina, all all you beautiful Financial Times writers who love Bitcoin. Shout out to your publication. Um, we we really enjoy you helping us push this true narrative forward bitcoin as a safe haven so cheers to you on this fourth of july and with that being said matt we're out of topics we're out of time here you have any final words um that was a that police siren i think passed marty that was that's not in your rearview mirror so yeah um it's important and here at tftc we have police sirens often in our recordings we're working on that just know you just be aware you always got to have your head on a swivel we do it intentionally <laughs> to make sure everybody's aware at all times um, no, I just, I just, you know, cheers to the freaks. Um, you know, enjoy your friends and family today. Those are who are in America. Uh, enjoy work today if you're in anywhere else in the world. Um, cause we do luckily have listeners throughout the world and, uh, stay humble and stack sets. Yeah, guys. And, uh, yeah, especially you Americans today celebrating independence day, reflect on the power of Bitcoin as a revolution and, and, fighting for financial sovereignty in the digital age with that we'll end it there peace and love freaks